0: Okay, I need five uh, volunteers to come and stand in the line here. Just come on up. Come and stand up, Five volunteers. Okay. Very quick. No way. It won't be too long. One, two. Okay, you can hold this. Hold this. You can have the You can hold this. <laughs> you can hold this.
1: Come on.
0: And blessings. Blessings can be. Blessings, you can just stand. Stand here. Yeah, stand a bit further apart. Okay. Are this volunteer, I need you to stand like this with your hand up the whole time. Okay, stand up with me. Place everybody hand up. There we go. And you can have this, okay, cool, sweet, yeah, exactly, you can just stay there like that, okay, cool, Mm. I suppose I should use this microphone, you guys can all hear me, Mm. just for this demonstration, then I'll use the mic, so, I have some objects, five of them, so hold up this for us, please, okay, guys, now this is for you guys to all answer, what is this, sanitizer, What is this? Sanitizer. I feel like you guys are sleeping on a Sunday morning, guys. Come on. What is this? Sanitizer. Alright, cool. Now, what is its purpose? Sanitizer. Great. Okay. What is this? What is its purpose? To (laughs) 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 To support you you when you hurt your legs or when you are Andre. What is this? A soccer ball. Silo, what is the purpose of a soccer ball? <laughs> to have fun. Okay, come on. Hold this up for us see. What? What is that? <laughs> okay. What is its purpose? To write. To write. What is this? Blitz. That's her name. What what is this? A human. human. Alright, what is its purpose? <laughs> Praise God. God. That is what we're gonna be talking about. Today. The answer of that question is what we're gonna be talking about. What is our purpose? I mean it's a bit of a cryptic way of saying it, but the answer to that, what I want us to get to is the purpose of a person is relationship with God. That's their purpose. Union with God. So we went through sanitizer, crutch, soccer ball, pen. We were all like, cool, I can understand what the purpose of those things is. I want us to realize when you see a person, just like you see those other objects, you know what their purpose is. It's for relationship with God. That's pretty cool. I mean, I I always want to take things back to the why. Like, what is the purpose? What's the point of anything? So, um, as Cornelia pointed out, well, guys from Denoon. welcome. I'm Kelekele. So my, my pinch is there from Danune. Um, Kusta is my Kosa my name. That's my, that was my name in Denoon in for for like a year and a half, Kusta, um, which means uh, it's a translation of my English name. Um, So my name is Howard in English. For those of you guys who don't know me yet or you can call me Kusta as well. I literally still respond to Kusta all the time. Um, you guys should just give me a Congolese name one day as well. Blaz. Okay, my name is now Blaz. And, um, yeah guys, so I've got a little timer thing here. I've just started the timer thing. I think we should probably, apparently, try and do these a little bit shorter so we can have time to, uh, I might say too much, but if I do, just tell me to be quiet maybe after like 25 minutes or 30 minutes. I'll trust you guys to let me know. Okay. Um, doesn't someone strong want to just move this thing for me, bro? Can you just fly it over there for me? Because it's like randomly in the way. I'm going to walk around it and bump into it. Guys, so we're doing something called The Most Important Things, um, which is a foundation course. And like you guys mentioned, today we're talking about relationship with God. Um, Adam asked me like on Thursday hey, or, or Wednesday, hey, can you speak about this topic? And, um, and then you, you, you encouraged me, bro. You were like, oh, you've got a cool relationship with God. And um, and then Anton did that as well now. So hey, that must be true. So, um, but I mean, off the bat, guys, I was I woke up this morning and I'd had a nightmare. I don't I don't I don't, I don't dream. I like have had like maybe 50 dreams my whole life. I don't really dream a lot. Um, it was a sexual lustful dream that I had. Like and I was sleeping and then I woke up and I felt all oh, lame and woke up at six and then I normally just go back to bed like. Before I wake up at six, I I'll just sleep until seven, but this morning I was like, let me go and like spend time with God, and, and maybe there's something spiritual happening here, like I never, I, I hardly ever have like a lustful kind of sexual dream that like attacks me in my brain, and I happened to have one on the morning that um, Adam has asked me to talk about relationship with God, and it kind of knocked me, I was feeling all like weird and stuff, you know what I mean, and I was feeling all lame. Um, so anyway, I spent some time with God, and then I'm also going to be helping out with worship later on as well, um, and then some of the guys were late, and my guitar was sounding lame, and I forgot to print out all the chords, and um, I just, all these things kind of were like starting to like, uh, Jeffy's laughing, he's like, hee hee, Jeff is part of the music team. Um, and uh, I just felt like there was, there was stuff kind of coming at me a little bit, making me feel like, um, trying to maybe knock me off the having it all together kind of appearance thing but the cool thing is i don't have it all together and i did get stressed and daryl saw me and i was stressing archer just now like it was 10 past 9 and we were still busy <laughs> practicing our worship songs and i was like oh my gosh it's gonna sound so bad it's gonna suck and then Allie walked past me and she said "Howie, don't sweat the small things <laughs> And I was like, I mean, Ellie, hey, like the preach and the worship, those aren't like necessarily small things, right? And then she's like, no, it's the same as toilet paper. Like if you go into the bathroom and there's no toilet paper in the church, that's normally something she worries about. Um, like she actually supplies the toilet paper, make sure there's toilet paper every Sunday. Um, and anyway, I thought about it and I was like, actually, yeah, I'm not going to sweat the small things. Like I'm not going to worry about trying to have all, all together because the cool thing is that God has it all together. Um, and I know that sounds cliche, but I felt the, after all that had happened, no, no, I just felt God remind me of a word that was spoken over Brooklyn congregation when we started. Um, I think it was Christine or somebody or Milani. Someone had this word, three words over our congregation. A beautiful mess. A beautiful mess. So that's what the congregation will be able to kind of bring and channel. And so the Lord just said that to me. Nah, nah, like standing over there. And I was like, a beautiful mess. Cool. I can, I can dig that. And, um, and I suddenly felt freedom and I felt awesome. And then some guys prayed for me. So why am I kind of sharing a bit of backstory here? Um, it's because that's what a relationship with God is like. It, it's, it's an active thing where we are hearing from God, actually talking to us. Like 10 minutes ago, I heard him say those words. He, he brought it to my memory. Um, Then I had some kind of spiritual attack thing last night. There's a battle going on and there's real beings out there that are trying to stop us from having this relationship with God. Um, And then there's ways of um, growing our relationship with God, like prayer and speaking up and telling people, guys, I'm stressed. And Daryl and Beth prayed for me. And I told Anton and and Ellie and they all like prayed. And there's ways of nurturing our relationship with God. So this morning I'm going to kind of just speak maybe about part one, which is like, What is it? And then possibly on Wednesday or later, we'll get into how to grow it and other things like that. So I've got a slideshow here, guys, because I'm a visual person. So I'm calling this thing the best relationship in the universe, Um, because that's what it is. It's the best relationship in the universe. And I thought about it. I was like, cool. So relationship with God. What is a relationship with, what is a relationship like with God? I was like, "Mm, okay, well, let's compare it to some other things. Because God isn't a human being. Do you guys know that? He's not a human. He's not like me and Andre. He came in the flesh, but he's not a a human being. He's God. So he is spirit, according to the Bible. God is spirit. What is that even like? So he's got, Jesus is, is, is flesh. He clothed himself in flesh, but God is different from us. He is spirit. So I thought, okay, cool. What is it like having a relationship with something that is not the same as me? Let's throw out there. Guys, imagine if you had to have a relationship with, for instance, a lion. How would you interact with a lion if that was what we are talking about this morning? Do I have a picture here? Oh, wait, hold on. There we go. Uh, There it is. You guys can't really see it. It's a bit bright. Can we turn off the lights? Adam's on it. So that's a photograph of a dude and a lion. We'll see if we can get the overhead projector um, a little bit better. Um, You can imagine, okay, if our relationship with God was like a relationship with a lion, it would probably be quite fearsome. Um, All it would want is meat all the time. It would be a bit scary to introduce that person to your friends. Um, You wouldn't want to really hang out with, with that creature too much. Except for that guy, he's a bit—he's a bit crazy. Can you guys see that picture there? Okay, that's a relationship with a gorilla. So, I mean, that lady looks a little bit too cozy to that with that gorilla, if you ask me. But so, some people have relationships with gorillas. I mean, some people view God as a re- relationship, maybe something like that. Um, oopsie. So, there's Thanos. Is a relationship with God like a relationship with with Thanos from Avengers? You know, this towering big figure. Or is a relationship with God way different? Like, I mean, imagine having a relationship with an ant. That would be a bit weird as well. You can't really talk to the thing, can't talk back to you. What about a relationship with food? We all have a relationship with food. That is um, pondu. I I, I googled pondu over there. Um, Or maybe a celestial body like a planet or that's the moon. I don't know if you you can see it. it. Is he this distant object in the sky that is kind of a little bit removed from us? Um, Or is he he this massive, omnipotent being that's an eyeball with the galaxy around that You can't really see the galaxy, but um, is he he that? What can we expect from a relationship with God, basically? And the way I kind of thought about it, let me see what my next thing is, is that God is so big and there's so much to him that there's multiple aspects of a relationship with him. So I'm going to run through a few of those and what we can expect from it. So if you had to tell somebody that's never had a relationship with God, and you can be like, they say, oh, what's it like? Is it like having a relationship with Thanos? Is it like having a relationship with the lion? Is it like having a relationship with Pondu? You can say, well, no, it's different. And the Bible tells us what it looks like. So normally we first encounter the Savior aspect of our relationship with God. Probably most of us in this room have first met him as our Savior. And you guys, what does he save us from? Sin, death, absolutely. So here's this. I've got got like the name and I've got a scripture that tells us what it is. So she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So Jesus is our Savior. Who's ever been saved here? Like I don't mean like spiritually. I mean you've actually you were drowning in a body of water, and then Adam Cox swam out to rescue you. So like half of the guys in the middle here, basically all the black guys, are like we've all been saved. And like well, I want to know what Daryl, have you been saved? Because you, you 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 put up what have you what were you saved from, bro? Uh Well, a number of different uh, situations, but I uh, I got saved from. Dying on a yacht in the middle of the ocean. I nearly bled to death. The other two guys on the boat, they pulled me back on board. I got smacked on the back of the head by a boom. And, uh, yeah, I nearly bled to death. And they had to wrap a bed sheet and a pillow around my head and sail eight days to the next island to get me checked out. So, so I, I got yeah, I got saved. I got saved. I, I would have been dead. I would have died. That's cool. Anyone, uh, Profita, come can, can back you, bro. Quickly, we... we Tell us how you got saved. Hey, <laughs> uh, Prev? Come quickly, brother. Uh, have you ever been saved? Yeah. And how? I got drawn. Say again? I got drawn. And then who saved you? Adam. Adam Cox. <laughs> so Adam swam out to you and saved you while you were drowning? Yeah. Adam is your savior. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Um, Kevin also got saved, hey? You were drowning with koozie or something, I think. (laughs) Right? So, okay. So we've all been saved physically. So the cool thing, guys, is that Jesus saves us from our sin. And he also saves us from ourselves, from our self-destruction patterns. Like, we're all drowning in sin. We've all drowned in our own pride, our own ego. And he saves us for eternity. Um, And as we quickly run through these pointers, these aspects of God, the question I want to ask us is, are we experiencing our relationship with God in its fullness? Or do we only know God as one aspect? Think of a diamond. It's got multifacets. God is like that. As he turns and you see the different light reflecting off a diamond, you, God, in the same way, is multifaceted. Um, and he's neither one of these things alone. He's all of them. And, and a lot more. I've only, I'm only speaking of a few right now. Okay, so as we're going, think about your own walk with God. Whoopsie. Okay, cool. So, Lord. This is the, probably like the next thing that God reveals to you about yourself, Lord. What does Lord mean? We don't really use that word in, in, in English. I mean, I don't go to Andre and be like, my Lord, can I get you a cup of coffee? Um, so Lord, in, in this context, basically means your master. So we know we always say, ah, oh, my Jesus is my personal Lord and Savior, right? That's often used. But what, when it comes to Lord... A lot of people don't actually accept him as their Lord. They accept him as their Savior. Like, cool, like Propheta and Daryl. Oh, it's easy getting saved. But imagine if when Daryl got saved on that yacht by those two people. So that smacks him on the head. He almost dies. He gets up. They save him. And once he's saved, they look at him and they say, cool. Now, Daryl, we want you to do, um, mow our lawn for the rest of your life and wait on us and make us food and serve us for the rest of your life. And if you don't, you'll be punished. I mean, that's not really what Daryl would have hoped for. Um, God isn't like that, but that is an aspect of what uh, being a Lord is. It's actually having people at your disposal and you tell them what to do. In English, we have another word that's more, more common these days. Does anyone here have a boss at work? Anyone have a boss? Put up your hand. If you have a boss, okay, put them down. Is anybody a boss? Who is a boss at work? Adam's like, yeah, I'm a boss. Garcia? Yo. Okay, Goss, here's a boss. Anton's a boss. So another, an, I mean, uh, another kind of way of thinking about God as our Lord is as our boss. Um, and not with all the bad human connotations, because bosses can boss people around. God doesn't boss us around, but he does command us to do stuff, right? So in my life, I've, I've had the Lord speak to me about a lot of things, and sometimes I've disobeyed him, and there's been consequences. And that's when, whenever I've disobeyed him, it's because I haven't trusted him as a good God. And I've said, no, nah, you're not my Lord, you're my savior, but I'm going to do my own thing. Um, and I, I think of an example, like three years ago, there was a competition online, like a social media kind of influencer thing where we needed to make a video and submit it. Um, and then if you win, you will get three months of travel around the whole world. Um, it was called the best job on the planet. Um, and uh, you would go visit these luxury apartments in, like, New York and Bali and all these places. And you've got to make videos about it. And then for three months, one, one video every week. And then finally, like, you grow your social media channel or whatever. Anyway, so I saw this. Uh, someone messaged it to me. And, um, and I thought, cool, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enter this competition. I got what it takes. I, I can... Probably do this. And this little voice in the back of my heart, my mind was like, that's not for you. Don't do that. And then I was like, that's not really you, God. Like, you know, come on, like, God, you don't understand. This is going to be cool. Like me and Steenie can like, travel the world and like go do all this stuff. And I just felt God say like, that's not for you. Um, I'm not, I haven't called you to that for right now. Okay, that's the Lord speaking to me and saying, do not do that. But I was dis- disobedient. And I was like, that's not really your God. I'm going to do my own thing. And so like, I, took the, I took the wheel and um, I entered the competition. And there was three rounds from the, like, the whole world. So from 17,000 people, I made it to the top 250 um, after like a month. And then from the top 250, I made it to, to the final round, which was 14 of us. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, along the way... It was a very stressful time. I didn't realize this, but it took me a lot of work to make the videos. And I remember me and Christine fighting a lot during this time. And we were fighting over Easter. And like the family was uh, getting, getting in- impacted by this decision. And um, the, the second round was even more work. I had to write all these blogs. And it was uh, actually way more hectic than I thought in the beginning. And finally, the third round, we had to make a whole new video and submit it online. And I was like, why, why do they want another video? But by this point, I was too deep. I was already like, oh, like, New York apartments. I'm gonna, I've got this thing. So I made another video and like, didn't kind of see Christine for a while because I was working on, on this thing and like double-timing and was busy. At the last minute, they changed the whole rules of the competition and they just picked some random influencer who had the biggest following. So it didn't matter about your video at all. It just mattered about who has the most following. Literally in the last week of the whole competition of like three months. So I didn't win. And I was just sitting there, I was like, oh God, why did you let them change the rules, God? And I was like, rah, rah. rah. Lord, if I'd obeyed him, I wouldn't have I would have been spared three months of nothing. It didn't bear any fruit. Nothing, guys. I thought I knew better, but I didn't. I didn't obey his commands, guys. And Here's a scripture. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. So God knows what's best for us and he loves us. And that's why he wants us to obey him. So if you're hearing that little voice or the big voice or if your leaders or your elders or the Bible is telling you something and it all makes sense, obey it. Because he knows what's best. Alrighty, who Who here has disobeyed the Lord and can relate to what I'm saying? just me, hey? Okay, it's a couple of us. Awesome. There's also a good thing about obeying God, a quick one, is that in 2013, I wanted to move into Danoon Township because like, I, I dug that place, my guys over there. And I went to the elders and I was like, hey guys, I want to move into Danoon Township. And they didn't feel it. They were like, nah, we don't feel like it's the t- right timing. And I felt God say, don't do it. So I didn't. And I waited. Two years later, I went back and i was like guys i still feel like god wants me to move into the they were like cool now's the time they they and i also felt now's the time i moved in and as i moved in there was another lady who had just moved in at the same time she lived next door to me and her name was christine and that's where we fell in love in the township she was literally the girl next door and a, a, a year later we got married if I didn't obey the Lord and I moved in in 2013, there would be no lady living next to me that I would have fallen in love with. So God knows what he knows, guys. Super cool, hey? Okay. A few more, guys. Here we go. Friend. Do we know God is our friend? So uh, what is a friend? Come out. What's a friend to you? Like what do you do with a friend? Um, hang out. You hang out. Yeah, exactly. You hang out. So do you hang out with God? Do you actually hang with him? So I I do and I think we all do in different ways and I'm hoping to encourage us to do that. Like I remember a few years about like 15 years ago I was in a, a, the bush somewhere like in upper north in the country and I was like walking around and I saw a little bird on a tree and I hung out with this bird and I followed this bird for a while and basically God spoke to me through this little bird that was on this tree like in the bush. Because it was so beautiful, and it was singing and chirping, and I was like, God, like you made this bird. This thing's hilarious. And I kind of just felt God-like being like, yeah, <laughs> that was one of my favorite creations, that little bird. And we were kind of hanging out, and like, I was following this thing, and I was like, oh, and then it, it flew away, and I was like, oh, where did that thing go? And then I felt God be like, no, go around this corner, and then I did, and it was there again. And for like half an hour, I hung out with God, watching a bird, a crimson-breasted bush bushshrike, if you must know the name. And um, it might sound super random and super weird, but I enjoy, like, nature and hanging out. And I did that with the presence of God with me. So what do you dig doing? I mean, you guys love soccer, right? Include God in that. As you're hanging out, as you're playing soccer, God, like, man, check me, I'm playing. You know, it's, he wants to be a part of your life. And the other thing about God is we're, a friend of God, he calls us friends. Check here. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Again, there's the Lord thing, hey, do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything I learned from my father I've made known to you. So that's cool. God calls you a friend. And that's a massive aspect of your relationship. You know, you get some parts of the church that ignore this completely. And God is only a Sunday thing and is, no, is nothing else than that. But friends hang out. They want to spend time together, like Ronel was saying. And, and the other parts of the, of the, of the church, they, they say, no, you can't be on the same level. We can't be on the same level as God, but we can be friends with God. And that's a massive part that is, for me, one of my favorite aspects of my relationship with Him. Hanging out with your, with your God. Super cool, man. All right. Teacher, do you know God as your teacher? So, Beth is a teacher, and Beth teaches people, she teaches kids. So, God is our teacher, as he says over here. Check this out they, this is literally what they called him when he was cruising around um, in Israel. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and he's calling for you. That's talking about Jesus, they called him the teacher. So he's still the teacher, and the Holy Spirit teaches us and, and, and brings things to our memories. So, Ketia, you got some teachers, right? Do you know God as your teacher? Okay, cool. She's like, she's like all shy now. So what does he teach us, guys? What does God teach us? Throw out some suggestions, anybody. His ways, how to love him. That's cool. Absolutely. That's exactly that. He's got a book. Anton, what do you say, bro? How to live. He teaches us how to live. It's a great answer. How to be a human being. I mean, he made us. Remember this over here, um, the, the sanitizer, the crutch, the soccer ball, and us. He knows us. He made us for a relationship with him. So as a teacher, he teaches us how to be human, how to live. And he's like, guys, the most important thing about being human is love. Love one another above all else. So he's teaching us all the time. And physically, like, uh, practically, guys, what that means is you might be doing something and you make a mistake and his grace is there to say, don't do that again. Rather go this way next time. Or you crack open the Bible and suddenly something jumps out at you. Like, for instance, a scripture about, about giving generously. Be generous then you remember that. you like, cool, okay, I'm going to be generous. And the next time you're more generous. That's how he teaches us, among other things. Obviously here on a Sunday, through the word, he's teaching us all the time and through people. So is he your teacher? You've got to be open to him teaching and actually instructing you. Otherwise, you're going to miss out on growing in God. And I also would add, like last point on the teacher thing is, are you only getting like, instruction from the Bible on a Sunday morning? Because if you are, you're also at risk of growing really slowly in your walk with God. Like, you know, for half an hour on a Sunday of teaching isn't enough. Um, how much Netflix are we watching? You know, or TikTok or whatever, compared to how much is God teaching us? And I mean, I, I watch a lot of Netflix, you know, but I'm also asking God to teach me all the time. Okay, so otherwise, guys, you all, we all want to be bearing fruit in God, but make sure we, only, we don't leave it up to other people. Let God teach us. Cool, brother. Okay, comforter. This is a cool one. Like God is big on comforting us. Who's ever had a family member die? Okay, it's a lot of us. Who's ever gone through a divorce? Okay, a couple of us. Who's ever lost a job? A few of us. When you go through pain, you feel alone. But God calls himself the comforter. Um, And and he's there to comfort us. I've found this in my own life as well. I mean, uh, many a time I've been super down. And and here's another little example. Um, It's kind of also tied into salvation. But about 10 years ago, I was caught up in sin. I was knee deep in a pornography addiction, wanting to hide from God, um, feeling like a worthless little worm. And I remember I'd sinned one night, and I just wanted nothing. I was like, God, you, you never want to be with me again. I get it. Like, I'm evil. And um, I heard a knock on the door a few hours later. I was like, okay. And the door, a knock on the door. And the door opens, and this, there's this oak standing at the door with a little meal named Jacques Faurie. He was a guy from our church, from Just Jen. Howie, I just was thinking about you, and I was in the area, and I wanted to come and hang out and pray with you. i got some food for you. <laughs> I'm like... What the heck? Come in. Jacques came in, and like, I like I was so low. I felt so low. And this dude just came in, just so loving and so comforting. And he was like, bro. And I shared and confessed, and I was like, bro, help me. And he just like loved me and hugged me and was there for me. And I was like, this is God comforting me in this moment of darkness and saving me as well. I mean, along that process. But That's how he comforts us, guys. Through his Holy Spirit, like directly. I've also had moments when I've just felt his peace, like comforting and cutting through the anxiety, or through people, through his church. So when we're going through those tough times, don't kind of miss out on realizing it's the Holy Spirit who's comforting us, and not just like a random dude knocking the door and bringing in some food for me. Do you know what I'm saying? Have you? Who's ever received a meal from somebody else, like? someone 's been received a meal a lot of hands going up that 's probably god 's way of comforting you, specifically if you like meals um or 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 receive a gift of you know an encouraging s m s something like that so he's the comforter, and it says right here, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper or comforter that he may be that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, so this is Jesus saying. I will pray to the Father, and the Father will give you, as in like you, Carmel, a Comforter that He may live with you forever. So, if you have the Holy Spirit, you have a Comforter forever. It's not going away anytime soon. You guys awake and with me. Half of you guys are. The other half, Ogrand, sub, sub, sub and fair to na. Yeah, man. No problem. Okay, there's like. Two or three of these little moments left. Again, guys, the question here is, what is your relationship with God looking like, Like that that diamond? Are you reflecting and are you experiencing God in all of these ways plus others? If we're not, we're going to ask him to help us now and and say, Lord, reveal to me yourself as a lover. So this is a a, a kind of a semi-controversial one, but God does talk to us uh, uh, in an intimate way. And he, he, he made us to be intimate with him. Um, so, so almost similar to a husband and wife. And the crazy thing is, you guys know in the beginning of the Bible where it says, um, Adam knew Eve. It says, Adam knew Eve and they conceived. So they knew each other and they conceived. And there's a thing about knowing God that's more than just head knowledge. But it's soul tie. It's like a soul knowledge. And that's where the aspect of God as our lover comes from. And in Song of Songs, which is, Essentially, not pornographic, but it's definitely erotic. Like imagine, you know, opening up a book and in the middle of the book, right in the middle, there's this erotic poem. Like, or you know, without the dodginess of like Playboy. We don't have many good examples of that, but it's a love poem in the middle of the Bible, in the center. Which has got to tell us something about who is this God that in the middle of his word he includes this, not at the end, not at the beginning, like it's like right there that you kind of almost can't miss it. And it's a, it's a poem between two lovers. And this is just the one verse. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. I mean, who likes wine here? I mean, I like wine. God's love can be more delightful than wine. It can, it can be so close. And we sing that song. Jesus. Lover of my soul, all-consuming fire is in your eyes. So we just say the word lover of my soul. So we sing that, but do we know what it really means? So that's a cool aspect of God. Do you, do you have that in your relationship with him? That is, that is closer than just head knowledge or practical stuff of a friend hanging out or a savior, but he's but really intimate. Um, and obviously I'm not reducing him to a sexual love. I'm talking about the closeness that he wants with us. That's the aspect here. And a lot of the church misses out on this. in particular some of the guys that are more like only the fear of God. So you walk in, it's all quiet and it's like and there's a place for that, but it's like God is distant and holy and big. and they miss out on actually. He's our lover as well and our bride. Oh, sorry, we are his bride. So that's um, something that is like massive, guys. Okay, two or three more. Servant. Okay, who's the servant over here? Us or God? Us. All right, try again. (laughs) Yeah, do you know God as your servant? That's pretty weird, eh? Who has... Had someone serve them? As has anyone? I mean, maybe someone here has a domestic worker. That's a serving job, right? Or a waiter. Where's Kuzi? He's not here because he's a waiter. So a servant is someone who comes and cleans your shoes. So Andre, I mean, your your Air Force twos. Are those Air Force twos. What do you call those? What are your shoes called? Dunks. Okay, these dunks. Um, <clears throat> if someone cleans your dunks, they are serving you. Do you view God as, a, as someone who serves you? What do you think, bro? It's okay to say no. I mean, it's a difficult thing to get our heads around. Guys, the whole gospel is God serving you. That is the gospel. He, he carried our burdens and died on a cross and literally worked the works of God We're we're done. And so that in the end, after serving us and cleaning our dunks spiritually and doing this whole thing, he finished it on the cross and he said, it is finished. I've served them and he served us. And he literally cleaned the dunks of the disciples when he washed their feet. So he is our servant, guys. It's not the only thing. Obviously, if we only think like, God, my servant, we got it all wrong. But it's a massive part of God that he came to serve humanity. And obviously, we also serve him, but he doesn't need our service at all. Check this out. God daily bears our burdens. Okay, that's one way of one scripture of how he serves us. He bears our burdens. so He carries our burdens. But then check this out. So if anyone thinks we're serving God because he needs it, the God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, Does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. In other words, he doesn't need nothing. He doesn't need our help. He doesn't need it. He wants it. So he doesn't need us. He chooses us. So if we don't understand that God serves us, this aspect will be you will end up burning out. You'll end up running around and kind of like me this morning, like, we don't have the core cheats and whatever. And it'll all be about you. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to pack out more chairs and I'm going to get everything done perfectly. Actually, God doesn't need us. He wants us. And he serves us first. And that's why we can serve him. We've got to have the order right there, guys. Thanks, but I'm preaching. <laughs> So, guys, there's two last ones. And I would probably say these are closing in on the really important, or they're all important, but this is a cool one. So we've just spoken about lover and our servant. Those are quite, like, almost our level, even lower. But do you see God as something other? Like, almost like an alien. And different. Do you know what those words, there's a word we use all the time that means that. And we sing it all the time that God is different. He's so different. He's set apart. He's not like me. Do you know what that word is? Yeah, holy. Holy means, holy actually means different and set apart and other. That's what it means. And so we sing it all the time. Holy, other and different, other and different. You are different to me and set apart. That's what holy means. It means not like me. So pure, so different, so, Im- so perfect that you are removed from what I am. Removed from all creation, above all creation, uh, set apart from all creation. Consecrated is another word, word of saying it. So we have to see him like that as well. Basically, guys, we don't mess with God. You can't mess with God. You can't predict God. You can't say, I control God. God will do this. Oh, really? Do you know that he will do that? No, you don't. And some people, and myself, have all made this mistake and tried to be like, oh, me and God are buddies. Actually, we're not buddies. We are creatures, and he's the creator, and we are different and set apart. And here's one or two stories about this. Okay, well, the, the, the key scriptures. Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hands. So imagine a little coffee cup saying, I don't want to be a coffee cup. I'm going to be a toaster. Uh, you know, you're going to be whatever I told you to be and whatever I've made you to be, like this bottle of sanitizer over here. That's kind of almost how different we, us and God are. Like if I was God and we are the sanitizer, I'm not going to be sanitizer. I'm going to be a carrot. No, you don't have a say in the matter. I've made you what you are and you will be that thing. There is this aspect of relationship with us and God where we don't get to choose what we are and we just reverently and, and, and humbly accept him. I won't go into these two stories, but you know the story of Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament. You guys can go read it. But God killed them because they lied in church. So they on a Sunday morning like this right now, Genisha, just stand up for us quickly, Janisha. Just stand up over here. What they did was they brought money to the church. Come right over here. They brought money. They were like, pretend you're you some money to us. Okay. They were like, here's some money, elders. And then the elders took the money and they said, is this all the money that you are giving us? Like, is there other money that you are hiding somewhere or all the money you want to give? And then they said, no. Say no. No. I mean, Sorry, say yes. Yes. Just say, I'm lying right now. I'm lying right now. <laughs> okay. So they lied basically. As they were standing there, you know what happened to them? Do you want to just pretend to fall over and die quickly? They fell over and died. Is that the? the hey, give, her, give her a round of applause. I mean, she's trying her best here. They just died. They just died in church. Can you imagine how many people would come to church the next week if someone just dies because they lied? So that's a very weird little story tucked away in the New Testament. And the same thing is in the Old Testament there with numbers. Some dude named Korah condemned God and said, you suck. You know what happened? Well, he actually condemned Moses. You suck, Moses. Do you know what happened to those guys? The ground opened up and swallowed them and ate them, like an earthquake, I don't know, Whoa! and they just got killed. They just died. So that's Old and New Testament. And Korah wouldn't have thought that. He wasn't running around being like, this is going to happen. So the bottom line is that God has to be viewed as a holy different God from us not the same as us you guys got that okay I mean obviously there's a lot more to it there blah, blah, blah okay the last one this is us we're done everything I've said needs to be held in the primary revelation that God tells us about himself the fear of God the holiness the servant the lover the friend the savior the comforter there's many more they all come together in the structure of that diamond under a father. That's really what I can see from the Bible. If I had to sum up God in one word, it would be father. It would be a good father. So some of us have got messed up dads and, and, and you know that's, that's happened, but he's a good father. Um, and that's so cool because a father loves his children, and will lay his life down for his kids. And a father gives good gifts to his kids. Uh, just like me and William, I love this little dude. And I mean, most of us all hang out with William a lot. And he's such a I just I will, I will give my life for that little guy already. And I've only known him for a year and two months. And it's just like this natural thing. Um, and God is like that with us, guys. He, he really is a good father. Let me see if i got a scripture here for that. There we go. Okay, we're going to read the scripture. The spirit you've received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we're children, we get some bonuses here. Then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Some cool stuff going on there, but in a nutshell, we can call God Abba, Father. What is the word for Father in Lingala here, Andre? Papa, isn't it? His, his Kamal, what is it? Papa? Did you guys hear that? Try again, Come out. Papa. Papa? What is it? What is the word for, for Father in uh, Congo Brazzaville language? the same <laughs> it's, it's the same papa in koza what's the word for god there konele tata that's cool any uh, renal in afrikaans what's the word for father father and papa work ne? any other languages here you want to say the word the, the the what what you got there Shona. yeah what's dad in Shona? baba wow that's cool so the yeah papa tata baba abba <laughs> There's a song there. It's all there. That's cool, guys. That the, the thing is, we can call him, this is saying, we don't only call him Father, we call him Papa as well. There's a closeness there, guys, that he wants us to call him. So, in closing here, peeps, is this is a picture of Jesus hugging some dude, you can't really see it. But... How do we, um, th- that's what we can expect, and that's pretty much all I wanted to say, but we're going to end this moment, I think, right? That'd be cool to end it now, bro. Yeah, we'll do little response vibes. How do we get a relationship with God? Okay, so we know what we can expect from it. like, And that's not that list isn't the only stuff that God reveals. He reveals himself many other ways, but that's all we had time for now, and in my life, the kind of big hitters. So everyone here can have a relationship with God in a really real and colorful way. How do we get it? How do we get a relationship with God? Well, here's the answer in three slides. Through God. (laughs) We have a relationship with God through God. Through God, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God, right? So through God, the Holy Spirit, that God the Father gave us. So there's a scripture that says, Jesus says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. He will not leave you as orphans. So we have a relationship with God through the Holy Spirit, which is God. And he lives in us all the time, talking to us like me this morning when God just said, Howie, don't stress, a beautiful mess. Where did that come from? It came from God, the Holy Spirit, living in me, not even paying rent just living free of charge in my body. So, hands up if you believe that the Holy Spirit, that God, currently does live in you. If, you. if this is a true fact for you. Cool, it's a bunch of us. Put your hands up nice and boldly. If God lives in you, and it, it's fine if, you, if you're not too sure, that's also fine. Okay, pop them down. Okay, so if you put up your hand now, you've said God lives in you. He wants a deeper relationship with you. doesn't matter how cool you think you are. He wants to go deeper, guys. And there's a last little thing that I felt God say to me. Is in, in the Bible, it says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And I've held on to that scripture. When I felt far away from him, I'm like, I'm going to draw near to him. And he does draw near to us. So that's, yeah, you want to jump up, jump up. That's the the kind of call to action, draw near to the Spirit of God, and He will, it's a promise, draw near to you. And you can end up having a cool, beautiful relationship with Him that is beyond just sitting here now. You're going to walk outside, and you're going to talk to your friends, and you're going to play soccer, and you're going to make dinner, and you're going to go to bed, and you're going to go to the toilet, and you're going to study at school, and all of this stuff. God wants to be a part of it. He wants all of you And it says he's a jealous God. He doesn't just want a Sunday morning, this little hour now. He wants 24-7. It's open 24-7, guys, like Uber Eats. Uh, I don't don't actually even know if that is open 24-7. Okay, cool.